Every time you do a trailer read, you have to be like, nope, this is how it's supposed to sound. If you don't like it, screw you. But this is what it is. <laughs> Getting feedback from someone, choosing not to take it personally, is actually very freeing. And I find for me that I do the worst when I'm trying to give somebody what they want. It's like the modern version of the the two people inside of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Times are changing. We want different voices. We want different races. We want more female voices. I think it's a beautiful thing. And there is something about the strength in numbers that has been really emboldening. Lie on the floor flopping around like a, <laughs> like a fish for 45 minutes. We work in isolation booths. So if we, <laughs> if we don't want to be isolated, we should leave those booths. Never think, uh, I hope he asks me to be, I hope he pitches me to whoever, whatever he's, like if you think that way and you're just trying to use people. Blah, 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 blah. Oh my God, that's him. Wow, you got the part. Hired on the spot. Yeah. Pilots my meat suit. I've only heard really bad things about Jamie. Right. Well, yeah, that know, makes sense. That, that makes sense. Watch the <laughs> though. Instead of trying to figure out how to get into it, I just brought a bunch of people together that none of us knew in the industry. Stop wiping expectations on any audition. As soon as you start telling stories and having actors touch people's heads and hearts with their performances, you're going to have people that are going to want to connect to the people behind those voices. You're going to get a lot more no's than you get yeses, and I, that's true for me today. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. Now, today we are reviewing your video game demos and it's a nice long podcast, so I'm going to keep this very brief. Just very quickly want to say thank you to Tim Friedlander and Carlo Mastroni for reviewing them with me today. And thank you to everyone that submitted. It takes an awful lot of courage to do that. It's one thing to receive feedback and criticism. It's quite another to do that in such a public way. Let's not waste any more time. I really love doing this episode. I hope you enjoy it. And here's a quick ad, then we're getting straight into the reviews. The National Zoo. Because sometimes you just need to stroke a llama. Instagram. Download it and start embarrassing your teenagers today. Resolve spot and stain. Because the dog's gonna drag his butt on the carpet. He just is. Engage the droid army with this Lego Star Wars Republic fighter tank. Hi, it's J. Michael Collins. And these are just a few examples of the first-class demos my team and I are producing. If you'd like to have something similar, visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the Demo Production tab to find out more. Okay, here we are. So... Welcome to the podcast, Carlo and Tim. Again, both of you have been on before. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's do a little intro. So, Carlo, why don't you kick things off? Who are you? Who am I? Wow, big question <laughs> to start off. My name is Carlo Mastroni. I'm uh, predominantly an actor. Uh, I live in Montreal, Canada. Um, we have a large video game industry here, so that's been a lot of the work that I've been doing I work uh, in motion capture as an actor and director. I work in voice as an actor and director as well. I've also been involved with uh, casting uh, for different game companies, whether it's just for voice or for motion capture and performance capture as well. And uh, yeah, I've been in the industry for since 2007 and uh, love this industry. It's fantastic. Brilliant. What are some of the titles you've worked on? Because I know you've got some big names. Uh, I've worked on uh, close to 50 games now, either as a director or an actor. Um, most I've worked on, I think, about four, is it 12, 13, 14 Assassin's Creed games. Um, worked on uh, the Outlast games from Red Barrels. I've worked with Eidos here on the Lara Croft games and uh, Deus Ex games. 
Um, had a great time working on on a game called the Manhunter, um, where there was a sh- where you actually played the shark. That was a blast. <laughs> uh, and I was playing this this guy who was in Louisiana um, who was hunting the shark. He was a shark hunter. Love that. Um, so yeah, I guess those are the titles that are coming to mind. But uh, yeah, I've been involved with the big companies and even the indie game companies as well. Love it. All right, great, Tim. Hey, I'm Tim Friedlander. Primarily, uh, kind of came into this from from the acting side of the voice acting side of things. Uh, came actually actually from music, and then kind of into the um, voice acting from there. I have a studio in Los Angeles, um, Soundbox LA, and through through my acting, um, started getting clients coming in and wanting to use the studio. Um, worked with some producers, and they're like, "Hey, your studio sounds great. If we have people in Los Angeles, can we send them to your studio?" And that's kind of how some of the early stuff kind of picked up from there. I work in all genres. I'm all over the place. Their studio is um, slammed year-round. Um, fortunately, we we survived through this COVID um, and have been doing really well recently. Some of the recent games we worked on, we we handled all of the Destruction All Stars sessions for Sony last year um, through through the protocol and through the kind of through the whole thing with the with COVID. So we had a lot of um, a lot of talent coming in for that. As an actor, um, probably the, the biggest one I've done recently is Ace Combat 7. I play the um, long caster. I play the flight commander or the AWACS commander in uh, Ace Combat 7. Uh, my first game was a game called Elix, which I worked with a production company in the UK. And through that connection, ended up have actually have been handling all of their LA recording sessions for the last five years. And the studios have grown into uh, kind of a collective, a group of studios now where we have um, five total. We've got three in Los Angeles currently open, uh, one in Los Angeles that's closed, and one in Colorado that's still closed. I directly got a chance last year to direct my first game. I directed uh, Spellforce 3, Fallen Gods, um, with a lot of really cool talent. And that was my first kind of foray into the, into the directing. We currently handle everything from... Uh, production to casting to payroll to signatory services of the studio. So I get a chance to see this entirely from beginning to end in the industry. Um, and as a talent as well, I think I'm probably one of the few that actually sees every single aspect of the voiceover industry. And that's it. And, you know, majority of, of the work of my work in voiceover um, in the last last couple of years has been from the production side of things, um, at demo production, uh, studio production, and kind of running the studios um so that's kind of where that where that goes. My voiceover, primarily, I do a lot of narration, documentary stuff. Um, narrate have two shows on History Channel that I've narrated: one called Toy Makers, and uh, one called Evil Genius, which was the pre-Netflix Evil Genius um, in 2016, which was an eight-episode series about the most ingenious crimes of the 21st century. Oh, okay. Nice. So you're not to be trusted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know all the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, if I could add if I could add two quick things, just Go for it. I, I said Manhunter instead of Maneater, so I'd like to correct that. Okay. Before. <laughs> and also, of course, uh, we have to talk about the fact that we worked together on Rainbow Six, which yes. wasn't mentioned. Yes. That's true. I play That's Thermite. Yeah. I play I, Thatcher. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And we're buddies in the game, right? Isn't that exactly isn't that right? We are. <laughs> and in <laughs> real awesome. life. And in real life. That's cool. Um, Carly, what's what's life like in the sort of I won't say post-COVID because we're not past it, but in the COVID life from a voice actor's perspective in Montreal and the gaming world. Um, yeah, I've found that uh, COVID just kind of pushed things in the direction that they were naturally headed um, to have a lot of remote work happening. People were working from their home studios. Uh, so it became a necessity instead of just you know something that was starting to happen. So I find that that's kind of where 
everything is gone. We are working mm. with people all over the world. We can work with people in different time zones. We can have people who are in, in Europe. Uh, I can be in Montreal. We can have people uh, recording in LA. And it doesn't really make a difference anymore, which is great. It just opens up the world for talent yeah. and uh, possibilities. Yeah, that's great. Okay, let's dive in. So I'm just going to go down in alphabetical order because that's how great. everything's lined up in my folder here. So we're going to play a demo and then I'm going to uh, hand it over to you guys to give your opinions. And I've got a, I've got a few opinions I'm going to throw in there too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the first one. This is Charlie Albers. Welcome to my world. I've been waiting for you. Come on! We must move! The beast will be following our tracks. Wait! I hear something. More will soon be here. We must run! Your daughter is so sweet. <laughs> like honey. Last night when I visited your home, she screamed your name as she died. <laughs> no! No! You're a monster! Get out! Get out! Lower them down! Easy, easy, stop. Cross the damage. IED, severed left leg and possible internal bleeding. None of us want to admit when we've made ourselves vulnerable or when we made a bad choice. And those choices, those mistakes can be so damaging. <laughs> Can't you see I'm busy? Now, I'm hungry. <laughs> what y'all looking at in our darkest moments? When life flashes before us, we find something. Something that keeps us going. I've always had a vivid imagination, but this dream unsettled me. It was wild and dark and weird, even by my standards. So yes, it began with a dream. Following a typical nightmare pattern, I was late, desperately trying to reach my destination. I'd been driving too fast down a coastal road to get there. I'd seen the hitchhiker too late. He was dead. Okay. So, Tim, what do you think? Overall, really solid. I, re I really like the, the demo overall. Um, did listen to these. I have listened to them one, one time before. Did listen through already. Um, and general note, and this is one of the ones, I think this is one of the longer ones in, the, in this session, right? It's a little over mm -hmm. two minutes, yeah. approximately. Um, generally, I, I felt that it, there was a lot of really good stuff on here, but I felt there's a, there a little bit of redundancy, and it could have used from kind of condensing this and taking, I would like to hear longer versions of some of these characters and hear more development out of them and hear less characters. Because I think we kind of get, for me, I kind of get by about halfway through, I have a really good sense of what Charlie can do, and I hear the range by that point. Um, I felt like some of the longer stuff was later in the demo. I would have liked to hear the one with the accent earlier, um, I, just as, as a, you know, as, as least from the like The Scottish a, one? Yeah. yeah, the Scottish one is somewhat of a, you know, kind of, of giving us some variety early on. Um, I felt mm -hmm. that, like, you know, one in five, those two characters for me felt very similar. 
and I would have liked to have heard either those combined or maybe developed a little bit more. But overall, you know, it shows shows a really good range. It shows the you know the ability to kind of cross some different genres. It felt dark overall to me, kind of dark and intense, which is going to work really well in an interactive or in a video game in certain you know in, in very specific games. So if that's where this is targeted, then it's going to work really well for that. I don't think. I feel like it's. I feel like I could have used some lighter or or some other genre of video game to balance out some of the darkness in it. But if we're talking about something targeting that specific type of game, it works really well. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to be broad in a in a demo if you've got a specific focus. Particularly if you repeatedly yeah. get hired for certain things. Absolutely, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, and then just yeah. Overall, in general, I would just I would have liked to hear a condensed, less amount of characters and more development in in some of these characters yep Carly, what do you think uh i agree that i overall i think it was a it is a very strong demo um, a lot of the characters are great um there was a few characters for me that felt underdeveloped as well mm. and and just with regards to the length of the demo i think that you know if you can then you can condense it to 60 to 90 seconds you still have a great demo uh, shouldn't really be longer than that. Um, doesn't really need to be. So the for me it was the fifth and the sixth clip, the IED clip and the vulnerable clip. I would say both of those, you know, you could probably take those out because we lost a little bit of the presence of the characters and the presence of the environment. Um, for me, when I'm listening to a demo, what I'm trying to get is within the clip, can I hear where this person is, where they're at, who they are? So if that isn't clear from the clip, even if it's a short clip, it kind of loses me. And those clips, those, the other ones were great. I knew exactly who the character was, the environment, uh, what was happening, uh, what the, the position of the character was, what the status was, what, was, what, was, what, was, what the play was overall, what the environment was. But in the fifth and the sixth one, I think that you, could, you could actually remove those from the demo and still ha- and have a stronger demo for pacing and everything else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree. I think there was a couple of clips there that were conversations, but I don't think the characters were defined enough to notice that it was one person talking to another person. Yeah. Um, Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? I I, I wrote a note down that said, you know, our scene is three and four. Are they one scene? Are they supposed to be two separate characters? And it was kind of the same thing. There was one where it was was just like a single reaction to it. And it, it lost me a little bit in there, kind of for the same reason as that, we don't know enough about this relationship to fully know the purpose for the other character jumping into this scene, in this yeah. context at least. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and we're probably going to be talking about this a lot today, mm. I think there is often a focus on, look at all the things that I can do, look at all the range that I have in my voice, and less what you're talking about, Tim, and Carlo as well, this zooming into who is this person, where are they, who are they speaking to, yes. and really getting into the the brain and looking through the eyes of that character. What does it say, do you think, to a casting director? Is broad strokes representative of a good actor or is it more zooming in and getting more intimate, would you say? I think it's it's getting more intimate and to really yeah. trying to figure out who the character is, who you are and who you can play. So you don't have to show that you can do 10 characters if you really have strength in four, five, six, that's great. Um, yeah. Start with your strongest. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you've got other strong ones in there. Obviously, you don't want to be a, a one-trick pony, but some people are, you know, and it works. But really, you have to be, it has to be strong. If you're putting something in just because you feel like you need to add an extra clip, then it shouldn't be going in there. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and and, and I want to hear because I like I want that opportunity to hear the the arc, the beginning, middle, and end, even if it's this a short enough clip. I think there is a lot of there can be a a tendency to let's write a spot that's going to fit into ten seconds or fit into this into this scene. And what I would what I like to hear at least from from when I'm creating these things, I'll write a longer piece, a thirty second piece, something along those lines, twenty seconds, and then you build that scene and you pull out a chunk of it so that we're getting a glimpse into the scene as opposed to hearing something written for a demo. And I think that that makes a big difference if. As the as the demo, if you're if you're the the voice actor, if you know this entire scene, if, even if we're only going to hear seven seconds of it, I want to hear what the progression of the scene is. I want the actor to know what is happening in the scene and what this little chunk is from, as opposed to writing a little chunk from a larger scene that the actor doesn't know about the rest of the scene. Right, because that that is actually a lot of the time what a game session is. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. You're you're getting this <laughs> tiny little sliver of of what's yeah. going on, and you're having to live and breathe that moment with relatively little input right exactly yeah that's yeah. usually yeah. what it is yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure yeah. okay great job charlie let's move on yeah. we are now going to chris ferguson if i mix this one with that one and heat the evil mixture to approximately 145 degrees celsius and pack it with titanium i'll have the means to take over the world <laughs> now listen here youngin you don't just cut the grass you mow the lawn Back in my day, I tell you, we knew what hard work was. We knew what it meant to sweat and work like a man. <laughs> if you think one may just enter my cave and step what they please with no consequences, you are but a fool who shall be punished. And we're off, dude. Now this is gonna be an adventure, man. Me, my pup, a backpack full of survival gear. Oh, the great unknown awaits us, Roscoe. Woohoo! Oh dear, I seem to have forgotten my yellow carryall. This outfit is nothing without my yellow carryall. I may as well spill mustard out my shirt and call it a day. Big guy, bring it down a little. You wouldn't hit a goblin with glasses, would you? Okay, so I should probably preface this that this is labeled as a character demo, so not mm-hmm. specifically targeted at video games. Um, Carlo, what do you think? Well, uh, I would say saying that uh, it's a great animation demo, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. but it is not. Uh, it doesn't live in the video game world. You know, a lot of what we do in video games is very realistic, filmic almost. Um, we have to believe the characters are, are real and natural. Um, there can be some slight elevation of stakes, but um, this particular demo, um, when I when I listened to it, I was like, "Oh, great! This is a fantastic animation demo. This is great." Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It is not a video game demo. Uh, they're two different beasts. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll say that having said that, this is great. What would happen sometimes if I ask someone for a demo for video games and they send me something that is more commercial or narration or um, for, or animation, it makes me question whether they know the video game world or not. Uh, so right. it's good mm. to have one that's specific to the genre that you want to work in, for sure. And is it important to know the video game world to do the work? I think it's extremely important. Uh, if you don't know the world, um, you can't really 
match your performances to what's needed. So mm-hmm. uh, if you yeah. if you want to work in anime, great. You know, you can be a little bit more uh, character driven. It can be a little bit bigger. Uh, but if you're working in AAA games that have a lot of narrative structure, that kind of thing, it's very naturalistic these days. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a really fun demo. And I really like I like the mm-hmm. demo. I enjoy it. You know, like my, my first reaction when I first heard the first spot was that, oh, it sounds a little bit Stewie-esque from Family Guy. Right. And so I was I was I thought, oh, we're doing, you know, we're doing a sound alike demo in here. But then that character didn't quite stay as Stewie. So that's kind of, you know, for Chris, that's something is he's gonna want to if this is a character he's gonna build on, we need to differentiate that. He needs to, either needs to be a Stewie sound alike so you can that he can try and work in that realm, or it needs to be something unique and different, which is kind of where it ended up towards the end of that. You know, kind of along like, you know, what you're saying, Carlo, is, is you know, knowing knowing where this fits. And obviously, you know, if we're going in for interactive or video game, this is not going to fit into that. If we're going for animation or cartoon or, I mean, you know, anything heightened anime, this is going to work mm-hmm. really well for that. Yeah. The next step, though, I would say is that I felt like these that that we have the archetype of the voice without I, w- I want to hear more of the underlying character of who these people are and, you know, kind of like the the I, I call it the, the nerdy dude with the dog. He's commenting on what's happening in the scene about we're putting this together. We're going to go here. And I would like to actually hear not the comment on the scene, but them in that journey. So mm-hmm. they're talking about backpacking. I, I, I have to hear it again. But talking about traveling or backpacking. I'd like to hear them traveling as opposed to hear them talking about traveling. If that, right. if that makes sense mm-hmm. to hear the scene as opposed to telling us what we are going to hear if they are in a scene. Is it worth for someone in Chris's position? Maybe he. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know Chris's situation, but if if it was like a challenge to put a bunch of money down and set up a video game demo, mm. could he put a few cuts on there that were a bit more intimate, personal, cinematic, as you described? Would that fly if you were to send it to someone? At least it shows range, I guess. I'm just thinking about next steps for Chris. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could like you could take that all all of these could go if develops them more could go in that cinematic video game. He could take this character like the the older the the young and grandfather could be pulled back less animated and be, could become kind of a real a nice dark, you know, loner on top of a mountain in post-apocalypse if he can take that same character and find a cinematic voice for that character same thing with the goblin on the end. You could take that goblin and make it some kind of you know, talking about Spellforce, something along those lines in some of these fantasy realm cinematic, if you can take that character and move it in that cinematic interactive realm, I think those those could work really well. But I think if you're talking about interactive, I think you would need you would need a wholesale new demo, I think, if you're gonna try and move into that into that into that real video game realm of AAA yeah. games, yeah. Colin? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that you'd need a specific demo and um I think one of the questions you asked too, Jamie, was whether or not it's good to have multiple things, like examples of a little bit of animation, a little bit of narration, a little bit of of, uh, game stuff on a demo. And in my opinion, I would say no. Each one lives on its own. Um, You've got an an animation demo. You've got a video game demo, narration demo, commercial demo, uh, and at least those four. And then everything else, you can have explainers, all that kind of stuff. But um, they're all independent to me, so I, I wouldn't have them on the same demo. It's becoming similar to um, commercials as well, whereas now, mm-hmm. you know, you get the guy next door voice and then you'll get the, right. you know, the hard sell and the soft sell and all those things. Like it's specific clips that you'll go for on, in someone's yeah. demos. And it's getting uh, to into like a similar vein in video game style as well. Yeah. 
And just before we move on, are people getting hired off their demos directly? Or I mean, I know in AAA, there's a lot of, you know, whenever I get AAA auditions, there's like seven pages of backstory for each right. character, and you know, it's, you know, and seven lines of audition and four exactly. lines, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've I've also been hired for AAA off my demo and yep. a really old demo, you know. Yep. So yeah, yeah. a bit of everything. Yeah. Do you think? Well, I think you just answered the question. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think you did too. Question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, people are getting hired strictly off their demos, and, yeah. and it's great. Yep, and, and again, because of of you know we the world we're living in now, where studios are in your your house somewhere or in your apartment, mm-hmm. um, you can be hired off your demo and work from your home. And particularly now, your demo is if you're recording it from home. Also, um, it's a demonstration of your studio quality as well. Yeah, which, which can, is something I think that's something important to mention too. Is that yeah. is that that auditions now are based on your home studio quality and what you can produce and, and your professional level that you can produce out of your home studio. The, I guess that becomes the danger of, of booking off a demo is that if your home studio doesn't sound as good as your demo, if you can't produce that same thing, you know, they need to know. And I think, you know, as long as you're honest about the studio that you have and what you can produce and, it's, and you've had somebody else listen to it, I think you've got, you know, you can do that. And if they love you, I think they'll do a studio test with you and things like that. Absolutely. Well, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay, great. Um, Let's move on. This is Kiara Mashia. Mashia. Um, Sorry if I butchered your name there, Kiara. Here it is. Okay, everyone. It's time to clean up. (laughs) (coughs) 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 Gross. This just in. Imaginations are running wild in dreamland. Authorities recommend all inhabitants stay indoors and look out for raging nightmares. Mom! Why is the giant mountain on a window spitting fire? We're taking massive damage on all sides! Fire the lasers! Woo! Woo! And so I says to her, I says to her, Marge, if you touch one leaf of my Olive Garden salad, I'll shove my breadstick where the sun don't shine. Yeah, yeah, I did so. And this one goes out to all you cool cats out there. Hi, I would like a triple venti half sweet non-fat extra hot caramel macchiato. Oh, can I get an extra cup of whipped cream? Chill. You think just because I'm small, you'll be able to beat me? But I've trained so intensely! One poke from my pointer finger, and you're toast! Attention space travelers, there is an alien creature inside the station. Please calmly evacuate to the nearest exit. A dash of rose water, a scoop of Epsom salt, yes! Soon, I will have the most relaxing bubble bath yet! Okay, this is another character reel, as labeled. Um, what are your thoughts? Who went last time? So let's go for Tim. Again, like a, a really fun, enjoyable demo to listen to. Mm. Um, again, ten. I think there's 10 spots on it, though, right? And we're talking a, a pretty, I, I counted 10, um, unless there were a couple in the middle. There's one that was like the kid playing with their toys, which I think was all one, was all one spot, but it was a little mm-hmm. bit hard to tell. So we had about 10 spots on here. As, I, as I'm listening through something like this, like it's really enjoyable, it's really fun. I like the characters. I'm trying to think about where where, where are they going to fit and what is the what is the purpose and utility of having these certain characters on on this on a, on a demo. Um, and you know, like so, the two that stick out to me 
uh, like the triple venti one, the barista and or the ordering the coffee, and then the witch. You know, how many genres and and games or cartoons are going to have witches in it? That's the first thing that pops into my mind. And so, is it worth having that witch on there? What does it show? What benefit does it have to take up our space on this demo? If you're going after, you're going to go for a very small, small subgenre of jobs. They're going to require that witch voice. In, um, in my mind, she has such incredible range, mm-hmm. like yeah, ludicrous absolutely. range. Oh, for sure. It, yeah. For me, I felt like every spot was there to show. Oh, I and I can do this, and, and I can, can do, do that, and I can do yeah. this. But it was great at demonstrating a range. Absolutely, and and then that. So then that's where I go for. We have this many spots. Then let's look at what what's going to be the benefit of having these these on there. And that was the one that stuck out to me. Is is mm. it's kind of the same thing. I, I have. I personally have a slight issue with AI voices on a demo because they're, to a certain extent, everybody can do an AI voice if we're talking about a very cliched, very monotone, very deadpan AI voice that yeah. you're better suited using that space on your demo for something that something more unique that you could do or something more in demand or needed in the, in the, in the genre right now. And especially as we're moving forward in AI doesn't sound fake anymore. So anything futuristic exactly. is not going to sound fake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, totally. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, overall, I mean, I I really enjoyed the demo. You know, both I like the you know, I like the singing example on there. It's just enough singing to show that they can sing without, yeah, beating you over the head with look how you know look at my operatic choice that doesn't fit into the demo. Like it was a really nice example of of a song of music fitting into a demo, of singer singing fitting into a demo that we don't always hear. Yeah, um, great. What did you think, Holly? Uh, pretty much the same lines. I mean, uh, uh, with Chris, great demo. Like Chris and Chara, they had great demos, but they were more animation for me um, in the style and tone. Um, I think Sierra was, I mean, it's the range is fantastic. That's what I noted when I heard it the first time. I was like, great range. Um, but as far as voices for me from a video game perspective, there were two that could be used the one before the PA and the PA and like Tim was mm-hmm. saying the PA voice unless you go for a funny PA voice where you've got a little bit of irony that kind of thing where you're playing off the tone of the game and kind of going against the tone um, it can it can be something that uh, most actors can do so I would say yeah there it's not it's a lot of space used up for animation if this is going to be catered towards a video game demo as you say it's a character demo so it's probably not right now but that would be the comments as far as from a video game perspective and, but there are, you know to add to add to that there're also you know this is a whole world of kids video games that I don't work in and younger mm-hmm. you know that I don't know so this could de- this could fit into you know, maybe into that genre somewhere. I, I don't know. I just I don't work in that in that field yeah, at agreed. all. I'm yeah. definitely not doing the kids' games yeah. um, to know to know what's out there. Um, and I guess you know this actually. You know, I guess maybe this would be interesting for uh, maybe a follow up to this is how effective these been for the people that have been sending them out. I'd be curious what kind of response they're getting with them and have, mm-hmm. how, who has booked off of these demos and have they booked off them and what. Have they booked off of them? That would be really, I would just be interested to know because to a certain extent, you know, like I can sit here and tell you what I think, but if somebody's booking off of it, what I think doesn't doesn't really matter if it's working for them, you know? Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd, be, I'd be curious to know like what, you know, what, what responses and what, you know, what's come of these demos that people have been sending out just to see, you know, what's out there. Yeah. And yeah, if you are willing to, talk about that you can post that in the facebook group and we'll we'll see that 
um, that'd, that'd, be, that'd be awesome and I yeah. post the episode yeah, that'd be great. and you can tell awesome. us how much we're full of shit exactly, <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> um, on this demo I'd re- I, I'm just like crying out for a really small intimate yes. delivery of something mm-hmm. something yes, really yes. personal and emotional mm-hmm. and deep um, because she's clearly got the acting chops she's clearly got the, the yes. vocal range yeah. um, it just felt like I really wanted something like that on there and, it, and something like yeah. that little kid voice that little kid character if you take that little kid character and put like a really emotional scene behind that kid and really dig into the the emotion and acting of that little kid, you could yeah. have something really, really powerful in there that would add to this a lot. And the thing that really pushed this way over the edge into animation was a lot of the production and the music and the sound effects. Like yes. I would be interested to hear stripping some of that out if it sounded a little... Yeah, less cartoony, but I think it's a great point. The production quality has been great on all these demos, and yes. sometimes, as long as it doesn't overpower the voice, because that's what mm-hmm. we're trying to listen to. Yeah. I think it's an yeah. important note. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on. This is David Quiqui. There was a terrible storm, and our ship grounded on the reef. And the entire crew lost their lives. I was the only survivor, and I found the secret treasures buried beyond the hidden island. Hey, man, you got any of that glass? Come on, man, I know you got it. Just a dab. Come on, man. Come, come on, don't shortchange me like that. Don't you walk away from me. The elders' traditions have been like this for a thousand years, and we will not change them simply because you don't understand. I have seen your demise. I have heard your soul scream as it burns. And if you stand in my way, you will know death. Man, please, please, just, just let me go. I don't know anything. You don't need to kill me. Okay. Who went last time? It was Tim, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carlo. Yeah. Carlo. So, I, I really like this demo. As yeah. far as a video game game demo, for me, this was a great example. I love the pacing in the demo. Uh, there were five clips. I knew what was going on in every single one mm-hmm. of them. I thought that the start was nice. It was ear-catching right away. Uh, generally speaking, there was a really good connection. I could, I could hear the environment. I knew where he was. He existed in the real world uh, as far as the voices. So I really enjoyed it. If I'm going to give two small little critiques, it would be in the first clip. The storytelling felt a touch detached, just a little bit detached. And in the second clip, the breaths leading into the start of where he was asking for, I guess it was the drugs, um, uh, it, they felt those felt a little bit um, contrived. I think those could have lived a little bit more. Uh, but ap- apart from that, overall, I thought this was a very, very strong demo. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, agreed. And I think... Um, yeah, I, I I know David, so I know that I know he's working. So I actually would I would wonder how much I feel like some of these are pulled from existing work that he's done, especially the first right. piece. I feel like could you know could right. come. And so if it's not, then the fact that it sounds like it could be in a it could have been pulled from a game is a great example yeah, of 100%. the production. You know the 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 voice. You, you mentioned this previously, Carlo, is not having not only having make sure the production doesn't overpower the power the voice but make sure that it sits with the voice in mm. in the reality of this scene that you don't have you know you don't have a of uh the voice that sounds like it was recorded in a booth in a scene that sounds like it obviously takes obviously takes place outside to have that have the production and the voice live in the same world which a lot which all of these I feel like have have done but this one in particular 
sounds like you know sounds like it is a produced piece that came from something. Um, and again, you know, to be to be picky on this, the production for me, the first three spots felt like it was almost the same underlying production of ambient mm. sound that kind of led me to to bleed those first three pieces together from a production from a production side of things. And that could be because they just all came from pre-existing pieces. And then the last piece, you know, the, the last piece, I, I get the, 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 the gravity and the intensity of ending with the gunshot. I would have liked to have heard more of that scene so that when the guy is shot, I care. Mm-hmm. And currently, I don't know whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, whether he's somebody I should care about or whether, whether it's somebody that we actually are rooting for the person who shot him. So yeah. in that scene in particular, and you talk about something that has some real intensity, if you build that scene so we care about that gunshot at the end, either way, whether it's, yay, they finally got the bad guy and they killed him, or, holy cow, I can't believe that guy died, then that's going to build, that's going to give us so much more gravity to that scene than it is mm-hmm. now. Um, right now we have a little tiny taste of it, and I, would, I just want to hear more. Yeah. Well, the fact that you want to hear more is a good suggestion that that's, he's done a good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a great example of someone who knows the genre of video games. I know he plays mm-hmm. video games. Obviously, he's in video games. And yeah. he knows himself as well. And he really emphasized everything that needs to be pushed. One thing that I want to talk about very briefly sort of related to this is that there was a spot on there. Uh, it was his, who's doing an Asian accent, and he is mm-hmm. an Asian-American actor, mm-hmm. Just real brief, briefly, because I think it's really relevant to this. Can we talk about authentic representation in casting mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now and the importance of that? Um, we're seeing more of that, I assume, given the events of the last yeah. year. And it's becoming more and more important that, you know, hiring an Asian talent for an Asian role, you know, and it was really good that he included that in his demo to well, it was great. And yeah. super represent well done. that. Yeah. 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 What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'll, I'll jump on this one. I mean, we, we've... At least in the groups that I have, and in, in you know the workout groups and the class we've done, we've been talking about this for probably five or six years, is, in, in, from the talent side of things and from the casting side of things. I think it's I think it's extremely important, and I think it's an obvious. I, I don't even know why it would be would be questioned that you wouldn't cast your character authentically, and I think that there are this sounding like somebody is one thing, but being able to bring the experience of living in that experience to the character is a whole other thing, and I can't bring to life, the background experiences and, and the lived experiences that have led me to where I am for somebody who, who is outside of my authentic race character experience. Um, and I think it's great that, that the more that's happening, it's coming, it needs to come from the writing and from the casting and from the production. And it's starting to happen that way more so than it had been in the past. But I always, you know, I always say, we talk about this a lot and it's, you you have to be able to bring that authentic experience with you and not everybody is going to be the right authenticity for the spot and there's no reason why you can't find the right authentic person for these roles and cast them authentically and appropriately yeah and carlo you do a lot of work with some of the big triple a yep. developers up there presumably this is a a big thing. It's exactly that. the same thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a big thing. And it, and it has been, uh, like Tim was saying for many years, um, it's, there's been a push towards, um, authentic casting. Uh, it's happening more and more, which is great to see, great to hear as well, because uh, mm-hmm. we do hear the difference. So yeah, it's, it's happening across the board. Great. Good job, David. Ahem. 
It's true that great talent is usually hidden. Too many believe that their path has been written, but all that you need is the right place to be. If you like voice acting, that's Voice123. So sign up or upgrade, and then please remember, we'll give you a discount as a premium member. VO School listeners, we're offering you $50 off our premium membership tiers. Just visit us at voice123.com slash plans slash VO School. Terms and conditions apply. Voice123, speak for yourself. Let's move on. This is Eddie Young. So the same old place, huh? You guys never change. Who's there? You! Listen here, punk. I told you, I'm done with the gang. And you're gonna tell me how! The head of the Shaolong clan? Well, in that case, let it be known that I show no mercy on the battlefield! brother, but I will not let you stand in the way of my inheritance. Got that? Children like you have no place in my throne. Thanks for having my back, Othello. Don't think this makes us friends or anything, but I guess I owe you a drink at least. Has to be more ice cream around here. There's no way that pack of hyenas blew through every box. Oh, come on. It's a million degrees in here. Take it back. But in case I don't, tell Viper that our main objective is this. All right, Eddie. Tim. This is, this is I think there were two that I had production critiques on. This is one of those. And... It's I actually I kind of have some Jim general overall comments on this one as opposed to some specific things. I think overall, kind of what we said earlier, um, I would like to hear less spots and more development in in, in these. And then the, from the production standpoint, you can hear the you can hear the little brief click 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 between the spots where where the crossfades weren't there or the or it was cut out and clipped from from something from some other spot, and that's just really distracting. Whether we know. Like I know what I'm hearing, but if somebody else doesn't know what they're hearing, they're going to they're going to be distracted by that little subconsciously. They're hearing something's not quite right, mm. and it's a shame that the production is going to detract from the performance and from the from the demo because it will. In that sense, I think you're going to hear you'll notice something. It doesn't. It's got like it trips over itself between each of the each of the spots, um, and then generally, this is, this is one of the things that I that I'm I'm a real big fan of when when creating these demos and directing is this sense of movement and space and moving through time and space. And I felt like too much of this stuff was implying movement, but we weren't hearing movement and it felt mm-hmm. static. And specifically with the dear brother one, you could feel, I, I felt like they wanted this tension and moving either advancing on somebody or backing away from somebody. And I didn't hear that movement in the scene. I, I felt that it was supposed to be there, but I didn't feel it. And I didn't hear it. And you mean literal movement, like the character was pacing around? Exactly, yeah. Like, Like I I want to hear the character having moved across. I felt like we're in a a castle or or some large room, and I would have liked to have heard. I felt like this character is moving either from one side to the other or is pushing, has a sword pushed into his brother's chest and is pushing him back across the room. Yeah. That's the scene. That's what I felt the scene was, but I I didn't hear the movement. I felt him just standing in one spot saying these lines to somebody else below them as opposed to moving in that time and space that we're, that they're in. Yeah, and there's also things you can do in the booth that will help articulate that. Yeah. You know, you, yeah, even yeah. if it's usually like you're digging your fist in your side while you're mm-hmm. reading or whatever it is, you know, it's going to, it could yeah. help add some authenticity there. Cool, yeah. Um, Carlo, what do you think? 
this this uh, demo when I heard it, I was like, okay, this is someone who I would listen to the demo and say, okay, I wish we were in a live setting um, mm. because of we've got some interesting vocal tones. I've, you know, there was some range there, but I won't. I would want to see if you could take direction because we're super close, but right. we're not. We haven't created our characters fully to me as far as listening to it. So I'd like to see if we could get there. So um, I. Th- I thought everything was really strong. I thought there was a, a big um, concentration on on the the background uh, as far as, you know, the soundscape and stuff like that. And it was even overpowering the voice. And there was a concentration on vocal tone over performance. And so, which I thought was, was, in, was great. I mean, we had great vocal tone, some interesting uh, ranges that we could uh, go get. But I would have to hone into that performance a little bit more. I need that creation of the environment. I need to believe, you know, the characters. I need to know what's going on. And I felt that that was just a little bit flat in this one as far as the performance. But it was, it was strong. It was just I, I couldn't completely tell. And I would love to be in the room and say, okay, well, let's try this yeah, yeah. And, and work with uh, with Eddie in that situation. Yeah. yeah. He's he's a great shouter. <laughs> which has value in voice in video games. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 But that demo I think to me lends itself to lots of supporting roles, not many leading roles in a video mm-hmm. game world because like you said it doesn't you don't get that depth and that nuance and that I the idea that you can really drill down into a moment. Well, um, that's the thing. Like listening yeah. to it, I was like, I'm, I'm, I think that we might be able to go there, you know? So yeah. I would, the, there's times where there's a limitation to a demo, of course. And yeah. at that point, if you're like, okay, if someone is, is, is close to a rule, this is where you'd go. Okay. Let's, let's bring them in or let's get a directed session, something like that. But I think that if I was going to concentrate on this and, and, and give it some critique, I would say to, to go back and concentrate on the story of that, of each one of those clips and really distill the performance in there so that it's clear to the listener exactly what's going on and who they are. And, and we can hear the performance over maybe, you know, that, that extra vocal concentration. So yeah. uh, just to make that a little bit more clear. And, you know, it demonstrates the ability of the actor to really disappear into a role in their own mind in yeah. the moment. Because yeah. in the booth, you got three people behind the glass and you're just standing there and yeah, you've right. got to be like on some battlefield in Norway or something like that. And you've 100%. got to conjure this up, right? So and if you don't do it on your demo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. because you don't do it on your demo. But you also, you mean, I don't know what it's like for, for you, Tim, in your studio when you're recording. Mm. Usually we'll have uh, maybe three takes. Like, you know, it'll be two, three takes and then we move on. If, if that, it's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. If, yeah, you gotta you've got to move really quick. You've got to do a quick analysis of your of your uh, yeah. your block of text uh, during your first read. You know, even make that one come alive, and then in the second read you should be getting it, and then maybe go in and tweak a little bit more and have it on your third. Um, yeah. you know, it's very quick in the video yeah. game world. Yeah, and and, and any, I'm thinking back now to any of the times that we've had sessions where we've had to go past those three takes. It's usually usually have not gotten what they wanted by that fourth take. Correct. Yeah. Um, unfortunately so yeah and it's flitting around a lot as well you know one minute you're Mm -hmm. here and doing this and the next line is you're completely somewhere else at a different point in the game (laughs) yeah exactly and this might be a good point just add in the accents yes Uh, so if you do have an accent on your demo Mm -hmm. uh what we say is 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 you should be able to cold read in that accent for four hours 
yes. and keep yeah. that up for the yes. four hours. So if you're able to do an accent only for that 10 second clip on your demo, it should not not be there because it's not going to serve you well. You're going to walk yep. into a studio and yep. say, okay, well, here's a script that you may have not seen at all before. You've just had a description of the character and it has to be in the accent that uh, you've shown us that you can do in your demo. So yep. I would be very cautious of putting an accent on a demo if you can't cold read in it yep. for an yes. extended period of time. Yeah, exactly. Very good point. Very good point. Okay, this is John Warsham. Welcome aboard, recruit. Let me take a look at you. Well, now, when we asked for reinforcements, we were hoping for something with a little experience. Ha <laughs> Look at you, Nord! You come here! You run, you mouth! You think you better than everyone else! But you... only... Ramirez, on me! All right, kid. Here's the plan. After our shields regenerate, we're gonna hit him on the left with plasma grenades. Then I'll cover you while you take out that cannon with that railgun. Hey, listen. You can do this. Oh, shit, D! <laughs> you scared the hell out of me, man. Woo! What? I didn't say anything. Hey, come on, D-Man. D'Angelo, I, I don't want any trouble. Look, look out the window. No cops, no DEA, it's just me. I, I just want what I came for. And I'm gone, okay? All right, uh, Carlo. Uh, so I, I really like this. I mean, I, I thought that uh, this was a strong demo. I thought uh, John did great. He's got a great voice. I uh, love the the breath and the life and the movement that he was putting in some clips. I would say that um, that overall it was really strong. There's a couple of, of little things that I, I would uh, look out for. <laughs> I loved his, his piece at the end that really sounded like it was like a, a Grand Theft Auto piece. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the breaths, I... I I would make them come alive even more. There's like a refractory period I, I'll use sometimes as, a, as an example for voice where I felt that it was very clipped at the end mm -hmm. of a lot of the ideas and the words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it didn't have the full life that it could have had in some of the beats. And uh, so I would say that, you know, we would do this in mocap too, in motion capture, when you do a movement, um, some people have a tendency to finish their movement very abruptly when we're, <laughs> when we're acting instead of just letting your arms fall. You know, having that refractory period. And yeah. we have the same thing in our voice. And we need to let it live just that extra micro beat longer for it to sound natural. And there were little moments of that, particularly in the last two clips, that uh, that could be, I mean, this is, this is micro stuff here, but that could come alive a little bit more. And the other little element is that I got I got the impression, and, and uh, this is just this is just me, and it's probably not worth anything. I'm sorry, John, but uh, I would say I know that I'm doing video games right now. There was an element <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah. this is a video yeah. game, you know. So it was yeah. like it was a little bit elevated above, but like just you know five percent above, mm -hmm. and bringing it back into reality just a touch would it would help this out too. Yeah, it sounded like there was a lot of exclamation points in the script, mm -hmm. and not enough 
periods. You know? <laughs> I, like I yeah, said, yeah. I thought it was super strong. I'm just like, as far as constructive criticism, that's where I would go with that. Yeah. yeah. And when you mention that refractory thing, you mean he's sort of dropping out of character as he gets to the ex end? Is that ex what you, yeah, yeah, it just, it's, some people deflate. Mm. Um, so when they get to projection, they kind of do this at the end of the sentence, and then you've got this. So it, it, it the emotion dies and the presence mm. dies. He didn't deflate. He, it was a refractory. So instead of instead of going to the end of an idea and going like "Hey!" like a big yell, it was like "Hey!" You know, there was a little bit closer. Yeah. That's an exaggeration of what it was, but it was just a little bit closed. So it didn't finish the the emotion or the thought or the or the movement forward uh, as much as it could have. Right. And yeah, that could simply be sense. a gate, to be honest with you. You know, it yeah. could be something in the processing, but it just felt yeah. like there was a little bit of that life missing from it. Mm. Yeah. Tim. Yeah. Um, I mean, along the same lines, I mean, really strong demo. I'm just going to be nitpicky on it. Um, I also, I'm, I'm friends with John, so I know him and I know kind of, I, I know a little bit of his work. Um, I would say, you know, kind of, I, I kind of picked up along those same, same lines that you're saying, like, Carlo, I think that there is one of the things that's really can be really powerful is this negative space within the, in these spots. And that is letting those light, the letting those beats breathe mm -hmm. and letting that, letting yourself fully, even in a demo, letting yourself fully exhale and inhale between lines. If that's what's called for in, in that scene. And a lot of people are scared to have, I think we've heard this. I don't, I don't think we've heard much of anything where it wasn't just back to back to back to back, just push straight all the way through is have that moment of some negative space, have a, breath that lets you come in and out of this scene which would which would be the reality in that in that scene if the character was was in that moment um and i think you can kind of the same things if you know it's very simple to be like okay well i, I need to cut that breath out because breaths don't, don't sound natural or i need to do something to cut my time down so we'll cut the breath out here those that negative space can be really really powerful mm -hmm. um and then along the same going kind of what you were saying about um about the breaths as well if you're going to do like a swallow or something, some kind of reaction, it needs to be there for a reason. And he had, I think in the Ramirez spot, he had a, you could hear him swallow. And to mm -hmm. me, it felt like it was written in, okay, this is the point now where I'm going to swallow in the script mm -hmm. versus I got here and I had to really kind of catch myself. So it, it, it felt like that was kind of, I'm in a video game and I need to swallow here because that's going to be appropriate for the scene. Um, and then one other thing, and, and this is something that, that we talk about, and it's kind of a double-edged sword because you need to know the games and the game world that you're in. But when you're creating a character, the characters don't know they're in a game. The the characters are in the, in their real world. They're not they're not acting for a game. So these characters are going to be still real life to the character. And I know a lot of people I've I've had discussions with people who are like, "Oh, well this part in the game, oh yeah, well I know this part in the game because this is where the character responds and comes back, so it's going to sound like this." Well, yeah. yeah, to a certain mm -hmm. extent because we know what the game does, but what happens? They respawn and they get to do this over again. What What's that experience like yeah. for that character in their life? So that just kind of adds to what you're saying about like, yes, I'm doing a video game character yeah. now. Yeah, there was a, a part in that demo there where he was a soldier on the battlefield and he was giving mm -hmm. orders to another soldier or something. And yeah. he was clearly a tough guy in a position of responsibility and power, but he was a tough guy in under duress, you know, scared yeah. for his life. And yeah. there, there was, it was very one dimensional where in mm -hmm. reality, in that situation, there's more going on in someone's mind than just, I'm the boss, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I want to hear layers of, yep. of emotion interacting with each other and, you know, confusing the guy. Like, I feel like there's yeah. so many, so much depth in that moment to explore yes. where it's not just about, I'm going to do a tough guy voice. It is, I want to hear 
this guy's fragility, even though he's a sort of big buff dude, you know? Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, great job. Everyone's doing a great yeah. job. And we're being rough, man. We're being super. Yeah. Being, super. yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. everyone. We're being really tough. <laughs> yeah. And oh, and then to be, I, yeah. I want to be one more nitpicky thing on here. Like I think it was the <laughs> last just kicking spot. Just down. Just, <laughs> Come just, on. Just, just well, because you know I'm on top of that again. I, I, I know John. John's yeah. a good guy. Um, John can take it. Yeah. The the production felt a little overpowering on the last scene, and I was focusing on the production and the the boom 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 this this low bass that was rumbling through there, which took me away from the scene. Now that's something as simple as just fixing that production, which is great, but yeah. it it did take me out of that scene to focus on the the sound of the production as opposed to the to the the story of the character. And speaking of that, Tim, when you're when you're doing production, mm. is your focus this needs to sound as much like an actual game production, or I need to make the voice sound as impressive as uh, it's, possible. It's, uh, make it make it sound like a voice make it sound like it could be a sample out of a game or a commercial or a promo i mean it, it any any the demo that we any demos we make we want to be able to hold up and say this spot could have been pulled directly from this game this spot could if this promo could drop in and air for this show right now so we're we're yeah. going for something that sounds as produced as if it just was cut out of the game gotcha that's our that's our that's our approach at least yeah great okay we're down to our final one cool. tony waldman is Tony. Ah, I've finally broken into the high security lab. The elixir of mortality is nearly mine. Hmm. I think I'm going to shoot for this music thing, man. But I also don't want to disappoint my dad. I mean, I love music, but I love him too, you know? How much clearer do I need to make this? Listen! Give me the password to get out of this shithole right now, and I'll let you live. For me? This scrumptious pumpkin pie, is it fresh from the oven? Master is nothing without me! I could be the great leader. Hmm, do I really need him? Oh no, I hear him coming. Must stop thinking these things must hide somewhere! I realize it's been difficult fitting in, but I'm confident that you will make friends, because you've already made one of me. They may be an imposing threat, but we will not let them outfight us. Think of your future and the chance to hold your child again. Everyone's always talking about the glory days. Don't be looking there anymore, son, because the glory is here. The glory is now. All right, Tim. I, again, another strong demo, kind of falling into that, not quite sure which, which way we're going, whether, whether it's cartoon animation interactive. So this would probably would have been would have been a character demo that would probably the somebody would probably made to, to kind of show some range across not only characters but genres and styles that they could do. I thought kind of you know back to what we said some of the other ones it was a little you know a little one dimensional in some spots and I would have liked to have heard you know some more of the development and then that that opportunity to to live with that negative space specifically in the one where he the character says do I do I even need my master anymore. It was such a quick transition from that thought of my master is so great, do I even need him, that we didn't get a chance to have that beat and hear the character realize that maybe they could exist on their own. Mm. Uh, and that's that's just it's such a little subtle extra thing they could do. And then for, um, for production-wise, as far as, far as production went, I felt like there were, it felt kind of like there was a need to have a soundtrack, a musical soundtrack to each of these spots. That like because it's kind of our southern person, so we're gonna have we're gonna have kind of a country southern thing here, and this is our medieval thing, so we'll have kind of a medieval soundtrack. 
and and I would have liked to have heard less of the music in in all of these and more of the 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 real life production of what was happening. Um, and then music wise, the second one with the you know the kid is talking about kind of you know I, I'm I'm a musician and a guitar player and I've had this same discussion myself. Like that's not the music that I would be playing if I if that thought's in my mind. And I'm thinking about whether, you know, am I going to really be able to play music? That certainly is not the music that's happening that I'm noodling on in the background. So yeah. the music and the character to me didn't 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 mesh because that's not what the character would have been playing or the music that would have gone with that character in that emotion. And, but then but then the character's talking about, am I going to be able to play? I'd, I'd have to hear it again to exactly what well, it was. It's to do with his dad, right? Not yeah, it's like my dad's going to let me play music. I really want to play music. And it's this kind of this this longing and this this like conflict in the character that didn't wasn't expressed in the in the musical choice. Yeah. And that that spot particularly was an opportunity to delve a little deeper into emotion as well, well right? Because e- exactly. Was, and that and that was yeah. that was actually really probably one of the the only kind of, you know, w- one thing people forget is that their own voice is a character. Yeah. That just just how we talk. I mean, you know, most of the stuff that I book is just <laughs> when I do video games, it's this guy right here doing this. Mm. And maybe it's a little heightened, you know, I'm a military commander or I'm you know, I'm I'm out in you know carrying a sword out in the in, in the woods, whatever it might be. But the opportunity to use yourself as a character is really strong, and that was an opportunity to show kind of a real. I felt like that was probably the most authentic version of who who this person is himself in real life, or yeah. a, a close proximity. But I don't think anybody else actually had just themselves as a character on their demo. Now that I'm no. thinking about it, um, yeah. and that's a really missed opportunity. Um, for for everybody, I think everybody should have themselves mm-hmm. on their demo. Yeah, absolutely, Carlo. What do you think? Uh, I just add to that as we're we're on that topic is the first thing that I tell people if you're doing your demo, your first clip should be you, should mm-hmm. be your voice. Uh, that's the first thing that I want to hear. Just naturally, mm-hmm. you in a heightened situation where the stakes are a little bit elevated. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, just but that gives me an idea of who you are right off the bat. And then we can go into other things. You can show me what else you can do. That's great. But that's the most important thing for me. Um, so, yeah, just to, to, to hammer home yeah, that yeah. point. Uh, yeah. And for the, this demo, again, Tony did a great job. It's a really strong. Um, everybody had great demos. Uh, but I felt the same way. It was just, it wasn't specific. It made me kind of go all over the place. <laughs> I had like... I had them written down by clip. I was like, okay, that one's animation. That's commercial. Yeah, yeah. This one could be video game. That one's animation again. You know, so there were some things. I didn't know what world this demo was for. It was great. There was range. There were different voices. Um, but if I would say again that you need to make one that's specific to the genre that you want to work in. And specific to that, if really if you want to compete at the highest level. I mean, if you're looking for more indie developers, maybe there's a bit more flexibility there in terms of using a demo to demonstrate what you can do. But if you're targeting triple A's and, you know, high, more high profile stuff, you're going to have to go in with a really strong video game demo, right? Yeah. Personal philosophy is that if you want to be a professional at any level, you should have those specific demos. Yeah. You, you know, even if it's for the, the, the smaller independent companies, um, it doesn't have to be professionally produced at that point. You know, you can start off and be doing, a, the, you can do it at home as long as it sounds good. You're using your home studio um, or just whatever, whatever you have. Um, but I, I do feel that, you know, it shouldn't be a buckshot approach. Um, mm. You know, be more specific, uh, show that you are actually committed to doing this professionally and, uh, and have the specific demos for what you're going after. Yeah. 
Well, that, that, that would be another interesting question for those who are who submitted the demos. Is like how many? You know, this one could have could be three or four years old. Back when, back in the day when we were making character demos that had that were showing this range, this may may have come from that from that time of period. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd be yeah. curious to know, like you know, again, just for just for you know data data processing and collection of how how old these demos, <laughs> some of these demos are, you know, of where, where they sit, you know, whether which ones were brand new, which ones are you know a few few years old. To add to that, you know, is it how how many people are working off their demos? And yeah. games have evolved so much. You know, oh, people yeah. who still have yeah. an older idea of like uh, mm. games that have few lines in them. The, the, some of some of the games with the AI characters have, you know, thousands of pages of script. Yeah, yeah. You know, ten right. times bigger than films. So yeah. they're huge. It's it's huge worlds, and uh, you need real people, real characters to populate them. Yeah, and to populate them for years is like there's one game now that I think they're they're already they're already planning. For five and ten years down the line, on the continuation of their DLCs and what they're doing with this this world, yep, like, yeah, you know, this is this these characters are going to live for a long, long time. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of you know. Well, Carlo, yours and mine from Rainbow Six. We've been doing this for a, what five or six years. Oh, this? oh wow. I think it's 2000, 2008 It came out something like that. So wow. No, no wonder to come back. No, the well, first, Siege came since out, I think, like 2015. 2015, like yeah. yeah. The one previous yeah. to that was two thousand eight, I think, something like that. Yeah, yeah two thousand fifteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the previous one I, I played two characters, one who I killed myself in that game. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. That's always fun. Okay, well, everyone did an amazing job. Thank you for yeah. submitting your demos. It takes big balls <laughs> to do that. Yes, congratulations. Seriously, very, very yeah. courageous. And yeah, uh, yeah, it takes some guts, takes some like you know some ability to weather criticism, <laughs> whether it's you know it's good or bad criticism. It's not always easy to hear. And you know, publicly. And publicly as well, yeah. So I would <laughs> yeah. say, yeah, like great courage for everybody to submit these things for sure. And they were yeah. all very good, you know. They, they were, were all yeah. very good demos. Mm -hmm. It was just specific stuff for a video game world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Carlo, we're going to sign off now. So where do people find you if they want to follow you on social media and anything else you want to add before we wrap up? I am on Facebook. I am not uh, the biggest social media person, but I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram. And um, that is at uh, Carlo Mastroni. Awesome. Tim? Uh, most everything now is all studio stuff. It's Soundbox LA or Soundbox.LA on uh, pretty much every platform. Um, and then just myself, Tim Friedlander, spelled like Friedlander. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Well, thank you both. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. The VO School podcast was produced by Heather Lynn Watt, Joan Gavino, Lisa Leonard, Gina Scarper, Femi London, Tiffany Van Landingham, Diane Richmond Knox, Zach Allerman, and myself, Jamie Moffat. Special thanks to Patreon super member Angus McLeod and our sponsors, JMC Demos, Voice123, and Backstage. We'll see you next time. <laughs>